Hello there and welcome to episode 6 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name is Chris Brown and if you didn't check the length of this podcast I'm pretty sure it's going to be a very short one today. Uh, the reason for that is very simple. Um, we're on episode 2 of season 1 of the show and um, basically the episode revolves around one big story which is a Rod Serling half hour uh, story which we're going to deal with next week and it's bookended with two short 10 minute stories um, one of which is okay not great but alright which is this one and one of which is very very weak which we'll deal with in a couple weeks time just in time for Christmas just a little Christmas treat I'll we'll have a little rant for you um, but anyway on to this story which is called Room With A View um, really the only kind of trivia that I can get from this one is features Diane Keaton in her first film role. She was used to, to uh, the stage by that at that point. Um, it doesn't actually play that much to the uh, the film's advantage, the uh, story's advantage. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let's just deal with the story first off. The plot. Um, it features uh, Joseph Wiseman, who plays a guy called Jacob Bauman. Now Bauman is rich and confined to his bed. Um, he basically watches over his rather large estate using binoculars which he um, and he, he, he seems to think that well he does know what's going on quite a lot and he likes spying it's um, obviously quite a heavy handed um, look well homage to um, Rear Window but anyway again we'll get on to that in a second um what happens is his nurse, who is uh, called Frances, who is played by Dan Keaton, she uh, appears at his side with his, uh, well, with his medication uh, for the morning. So it's, it's early morning. He's just woken up, and she, you find out in the conversation that they have that there's uh, a few things going on in with the relationship. One is that Frances is getting married to the chauffeur called Vic. Uh, Francis is like a, a nursery kind of maid, basically. Um, Vic is... Uh, Vic. Uh, you see basically Vic's back, Vic's muscular back, as he's uh, buffeting this... Um, the car to within an inch of its life um, outside, and that's about it. That's the, the most you get from him. Uh, you learn other things. Uh, another thing that you learn is that uh, Bauman is kind of aware that um, his wife is potentially having an affair with the um, with, uh, with with the chauffeur as well and uh, obviously um, obviously he uh, Bauman doesn't seem too particularly pleased with that but he's he's quite quiet about it I would say he's not um, overly aggressive at this stage um, well he's not very aggressive at all to be fair he's quite scheming um, you find out that um, Francis the maid has a temper on her and at one point in the past attacked somebody for and beaten quite violently for being uh, well for giving her fiance uh, the glad eye effectively um, and 
then it kind of, because obviously it's very short, once all that's established, um, and it's established that uh, Bauman is the kind of man who um, likes to know what's going on and has um, a glint in his eye, shall we say. Anyway, what happens is, <clears throat> once uh, the wife comes in and says she's leaving for the day and going to go out shopping in the car, um, Bauman gives um, Diane Keaton, uh, Francis, a um, a gun and asks him to do him a favour. And the favour is basically, can you just get uh, Vic, the chauffeur, to clean this for me? He points out that it's uh, not very heavy, that it's a decent-sized weapon, but um, it's very light because it's for really the hand of a woman. Uh, she toddles off quite happily, ready to surprise him with the, uh, the little task at hand. And then it goes to, it stays in the bedroom, it's one location story really. Uh, and the butler comes in, ready with his, with uh, Bauman's uh, tea, or breakfast should say, uh, tea, and, tea and toast. And um, you can hear three shots ring out. And that's it really, that's the end of the story. It's, um, that's his revenge. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, what do you want me to say? And listen, it's the irony of this is, and we're going to get to this in a couple of weeks. This is one. This isn't the worst story in this episode. It's um, it's an example of one of the slightly better short stories. It has you know a bit of focus to it. It doesn't help the fact that there is no time for anything other than exposition, 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 conclusion with the revenge. And nothing else. Um, it hints at being quite Hitchcockian, but it doesn't have a lot of the charm of that. Um, I think you've got to lay the, that problem down at well, two people's doors really. Uh, Joe Freeman directed it and did a workmanlike job. Really, um, it was written by Hal Dresner. For uh, and it was also based on his short story. Now, Hal thinks, I mean, he's on the record as saying that he didn't like the way the, the uh, story turned out. Um, that's understandable. That's very understandable. Um, I'm not convinced he's not to blame a little bit as well. To be fair, um, his problems are that Wiseman, Joseph Wiseman, the actor uh, who plays Barman struggle, well he doesn't struggle but he basically doesn't look like an old man, he plays him ugh, without being he, he's a kind of very cliched rich Jewish um, New Yorker kind of character um, it's pretty much meant to, it looks like it's meant to be New England that's based in anyway or you know the Hamptons um, and that doesn't help because he's very distracting and also the fact it's blatantly obvious that A, he's not an invalid, and B, he's not that old. Um, the second thing I'll say is, although it's noted that it is Diane Keaton's first uh, role as uh, on the on, in a film, um, she doesn't particularly deliver that well either. Um, the reason for that is that, well, she looks a little bit out of depth. She seems to be struggling a little bit. Um, that's 
more obvious when Angel Tompkins arrives who plays the wife for her very brief little bit and she just oozes confidence and cool and and it's not just the characters and I would say in this it's also um, the the actors she you know she just looks more at home where she is there um, the story needs to be subtle I would say and in this occasion it isn't um, Wiseman needs to be like a sinister all-seeing kind of guy and he isn't at all in this occasion he is um, he just seems to, the, the, the problem is the story kind of plods along with dense packed exposition so you get all the ideas then the final reveals off camera doesn't help and it, the explosive kind of finale is overseen by a man eating or well, buttering his toast um, which doesn't create for very high drama um, especially when you can't well the second it all can you see it all kind of very because it's only although it's only 10 minutes you see everything very very quickly fitting into place and you realize where you're going quite quickly and you have to be only have half an eye on it to really miss exactly what the um, exactly what's going on and this clunkiness is an issue is a massive issue um but what i would say is um that that i think that problem is a problem that happens with a lot of the shorter stories in the night gallery it's difficult to set everything up and have a, a shock conclusion or a frightening or a terrifying or a macabre ending when you've only got you know seven eight minutes to set it up and a couple of minutes to execute it um and that clunkiness shows in that example in this example but it's okay it's fine i mean you know it's very much i mean i described at the start of the podcast as a bookend and i think that's probably quite fair in this in this case anyway Next week, we've got The Little Black Bag, which is A, Rod Serling's first story in the season. That's actually written by him, although it's a teleplay, it's not his story. Uh, and is also brilliant. Really, really good, really entertaining. So um, I'll have a lot more to discuss next week. Um, sorry this one's a little bit of a short one, but um, as is the nature of these things, we're going to have a couple of short ones every now and again. Um, they're not fillers, <laughs> unlike the stories in the uh, in the show. Um, um, what I would say as well, when we get to um, the last story in this episode, which is the weekend of the next, which is also a certain story, I'll put it more into context about how these things will fit together and talk about the episode more as a whole and my opinions on that, rather than just the stories. Just a uh, quick bit of housekeeping before I go. Um, all episodes, as always, are available on the Twilight Zone podcast. We've got direct downloads and also subscribe through iTunes if you want. If you want to leave any messages or feedback, uh, you can contact us at thetwilightzonepodcast.com. Um, just leave a comment there, I do check them. Or you can email me at nightgallery at the, po- at the twilightzonepodcast.com or also I'm on Twitter if you, it's at orange underscore monkey if that's any easier for you um, 
Yeah, um, once again, thanks very much to Tom for all his hard work. There is a special up at the moment, which he uh, which he recorded and put up over the weekend, which is one of the uh, radio shows uh, that Serling uh, narrated. So if you're uh, if you're interested in uh, something different than just the Twilight Zone and, and the Night Gallery, there's a little bit more Serling love over there. Um, so until I until next week, I uh, hope to speak to you soon. Take care.